Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back again. Uh, we're one short. My son, Stu, is uh, having some dental issues. He won't be with us this morning, but uh, we have uh, Rick Kearney and Jonathan Cantor and Nancy Stewart and me, and we're going to fill in for him trying to uh, uh, compile the text. And uh, we ask you to communicate with us as much as you can. If you heard the show before, you know how important you are, <laughs> or if not you, the callers to the show or the texters. And we give you the numbers and the URLs and the addresses out till you go crazy. But we have to keep doing this because we're on the show for two, this is two hours from 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time. And most people come in, listen for 15, 20 minutes. And you've got lives like everybody. And you're not going to be here for two hours probably. Those of you who do listen to most of the show, uh, that's great. Uh, but that's a lot of time on a Saturday morning. And we understand that. So we'll be giving you these numbers out. And I say this sincerely, uh, you really do make the show. Uh, we can talk and talk, and yeah, we know a lot about cars and how to buy a car. That's the whole key to this show is how to buy a car or lease a car without being ripped off by a car dealer. Uh, we can help you there, but your questions help us pinpoint what you need to know. So if you have any kind of a question, the best way to reach us is on telephone, and that's the old-fashioned telephone, uh, 877 960-9960. You probably want to write that down if you can, if you're not driving. Uh, jot this number down, 877-960-9960. Now, Nancy Stewart uh, in the studio here, she's sitting right to my left. She's got a laptop computer in front of her. We've got Jeremy in the control room. So when you call, uh, that information is transferred directly to Nancy's laptop, and she will wave at us or slap us or do something to get us to stop talking, and we'll, talk, we'll take your call. We prioritize the phone calls. So if you want to get us, oh, we have a phone call already. We wow, can. that's fantastic. Yes, good morning. We're off to a great start. Yeah. Good morning, John. John's calling good morning. us from Palm City. Yes, good morning to everyone. I good have morning. a question. It's probably to Earl, but I want to give a little background. I'm all for electric cars. But the government is doing everything they can in their power now to knock off our gasoline-operated and diesel cars. Uh, an example is it's a proposal now, and it probably could go through because it doesn't need uh, Congress approval. Just like the 1st of May with our mortgages, you're paying more for the person that has a poor credit history. Some uh, credit card companies are also doing it now for car loans. But here's the proposal, and it's in the Department of Transportation. There's a proposal. I call, them, I call it a colonoscopy at a tailpipe. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Well, here it comes, and it's around the corner. What it is is our Earl knows he entered the car business in 1968. 
Earl, in your opinion, the inspection, which was authorized in the state of Florida, which was done away with, mm-hmm. do you think there was any success in that automobile inspection? Well, it, it, it varied from state to state. Uh, uh, if if it was done properly, uh, I think it had a, a positive effect. I think too often uh, it wasn't really enforced and it wasn't really administered properly. Like any government program, you know, in theory, they make a lot of sense, but as they filter down from the president uh, to the states to the local authorities, a lot is lost in the translation, and sometimes it can be just a joke. But what's your opinion, John, on that? Well, my father, I, I didn't live here then, but he had a Pontiac, and he had one bad tire on it. This was in the 70s, mm-hmm. and his mechanic that he used... He said, don't worry about it. You have one tire that's not up to par. I'll lend you a tire. I have extra rims mm-hmm. to go through the inspection. And then after the inspection, <laughs> you know, you give the tire back to me. So that's just one example that I knew. Sure. But in New York, it was so crooked. It's done by individual, <laughs> not by the state. Right. Okay. My brother-in-law worked in Kennedy Airport. This was in the 80s. And he was a pilot over there. And some people were not sure if their car was going to m- make it. For an extra $20 on the side, they would pick up your car, local somewhere in South Jamaica. They would, what they call, smoke your tailpipe. They would put a car that would pass, and then they would put the numbers in, and then you would be 100% correct uh, by passing, but it's not your individual car. So I saw a lot of underhanded, crooked business. I don't know if they still have an inspection today for pollution, but I don't know how strict they got on that. But that's what was going on when I lived in New York area. Well, it's uh, I just I'm I hate to sound like I'm an anti-government person, but uh, I, I love our government. I love our our system and our country. But the, the, if you if you want to take a uh, efficient uh, private enterprise. They are usually twice as efficient as just about any government enterprise. That's the nature of the beast. So I agree with you, John. I think the uh, inspections, uh, they, they would work if they were properly administered, but they, 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 they aren't. There's too, many, there's too many layers of bureaucracy between the guy at the top and the guy on 34th Street in the local area uh, administering what the policy is supposed to be. You're 100% correct, but what's scary is these things are instituted just like May 1st with the mortgage rate. I mean, the people are paying that have good credit. They're paying a higher rate than the one would put, and that was just passed by an executive order. It wasn't even approved by Congress. So these things happen so fast. Yeah. It's and, and I see also a crisis also. I mean, take the gasoline. Not only that, the price is going up, but I see lines, especially in... Uh, Costco, I see lines for gasoline in BJ's and in Sam's Club. And then uh, last month when you were away, there was a big station, mobile station in downtown Stewart. For two days, they were totally out. And this is in the heart of Stewart yeah. of regular gas, 87 octane. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a sad situation when we get not only the price increases, but then we get shortage of products. And I don't know what the heck, where poor planning is what I call it, and everything they do, it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah, John, Rick has a comment on that. Yeah, remember yeah, that was, there was kind of a, a perfect storm a couple of weeks ago where, uh, and it literally was, 
we had massive thunderstorms hit Fort Lauderdale at a time when they really weren't prepared for it. It flooded out the Port Everglades area, which is where a huge majority of our fuel is brought in by ship, put into tanker trucks, and shipped out all across South Florida. So all of a sudden, South Florida was dealing with uh, when stations were expecting trucks to be pulling in to deliver fuel, it was two or three days before those trucks could get there. Yeah, I remember. Yes, I saw that firsthand. But the scariest part is not only that the price is increasing, but by the way, the inspection when I saw it take place in New York, a car that passed in flying colors, you're not going to believe this, was a Model A Ford, a four-cylinder <laughs> Ford with no problem whatsoever to pass the not only a safety inspection, usually, but the uh, emissions standard. <laughs> That's amazing. So everybody yeah. was, like, yeah. shocked about that. Yeah. Well, uh, the good news is when we are all electric, which will be quite a while, as you know, uh, there, there won't be anything to check, really. It's going to be a... Uh, at least emission-wise. So uh, government's clumsy, and I always say uh, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else than where, where we live in the United States, but uh, politicians and our legislature and our regulators, uh, they're far from perfect, and they're never going to be perfect. Uh, that's the nature of the beast, nature of the system, but it's the best in the world, so I live with it and smile, and uh, uh, I don't complain as much as I used to. <laughs> Yes, I agree with you. But let's get going with these charging stations yeah. because I see so few of them. They're building so many apartments and condominiums in Florida, yeah. and I don't see any facilities around where people that live in those can plug in. It's planned. The planning is very, very poor on it, including even except for Stewart. I see only in a Wawa where they have the uh, charging station. I don't see other stations spending the money to convert for the electric. John, you're right. I, I think uh, what's going to happen is we're going to have too many charging stations because with the battery technology uh, gets up to 600 or 700 mile range on one on one uh, charge, uh, you won't need those charging stations. If we got some callers online here, John, we're going to jump off and take another caller. Thanks very much okay, for calling guys, in. Thank you for being there. Thanks, John. Give us a call again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as Earl said earlier, you make the show. Give us a call. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback. We love hearing from you, youranonymousfeedback.com. We are going to go to Marty, who has been patiently holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. Good morning. I got a quick, I, I have to tell you a quick story. Uh my car finally came in after 15 months. Yay. And, I, and well, wait a second. The yay ended fast. <laughs> I, I got to ask Earl and Rick if they ever heard of this problem. So I went, I took it for my test drive yesterday, and I put my seat in what I thought was my comfortable position. I started going down US 1, and I'm feeling the headrest is hitting my head while I'm driving. Hmm. I said, well, I said, well, this is, I said, well, it must be able to push it back or something. So I pulled over, I got out of the car and I looked and there's no way to push it back. So I continued driving and the whole time, of course, I, I unfortunately went down PGA and the bridge was up. 
Now I got the headrest hitting my head now for, for 15 minutes, and I had to keep going. So meanwhile, I took it over to my daughter's house in the gardens. I had her sit in it. I had my son-in-law sit in it, and the headrest was hitting both of their heads. So I brought it back, and uh, I talked to my salesman. I said, look. I've been waiting 15 months. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to not buy the car, but I said I can't drive a car with, with the headrest hitting me. Yeah. So I, I didn't take the deal. I didn't do anything. And I went online when I got home, and there's a complaint about Toyota either pushed the headrest when they built them too forward. Oh. And, other, and other people were complaining. So I was wondering if either Earl or Rick heard of this problem or else they deal with very short people i haven't uh, <laughs> but uh, rick uh, whatever i have not yet uh what yeah. what model is this the camry this was the camry xle hybrid wow i'm gonna have to watch for that because uh we haven't seen any complaints so far that i'm aware of yeah i'll uh, I'll, I'll check on that for you i i I can't remember exactly which cars, but I can remember having that issue in some cars. If I'm riding in a friend's car or if I got a taxi or Uber or, you know, something like that. I do remember certain situations where the headrest is very annoying, and uh, I didn't know mm -hmm. about it uh, in, in the Toyota, new Toyota Camry, but I'll check on that. We'll see what we can do. The problem, as you, as you well know, on the safety item, seats are very touchy because they're very critical to safety and crashes, and needless to say, headrests are double uh, important. So they don't allow a dealer to change a headrest or change a seat belt or really change much anything about the way the seat is designed. And that is going to be a real problem. So uh, I'm glad you called it to my attention, Marty. I hadn't heard about that, but I'll, no. we'll look into that deeply, and you'll be the first guy we'll call back. No, I'll probably have to wait another 15 months to oh. get another <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, God. We, we really can't do that to you. I'm, I'm starting to feel guilty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, your, your salesman and the sales manager, they all apologize. They said, look, it's that Earl Stewart. Uh, Toyota's fault, but when I did see it on the internet, I knew that I wasn't crazy and not alone. Yeah, and bigger like problem. On, on my 2020 that I drive now, you never even feel the headrest. You just drive it and you don't feel it. Yeah. Well, if there's anything we can do, we're going to do it, so uh, All right. you'll hear back from us uh, today. Yeah, most definitely, Marty. Thanks for oh, bringing good. that to our attention. We really appreciate your call. Okay, have a good one. You Thank too. you. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. uh, ladies and gentlemen, from time to time, I do mention, uh, you know, a um, website that you can go to. Uh, whatever car dealer you were dealing with, if you felt <clears throat> that uh, he or she was breaking the law, you can take and you can go to FloridaLawProtectingCarBuyers.com. Don't forget, FloridaLawProtectingCarBuyers.com. Let your voice be heard. It's the only way we can get things done. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to stay with the phones, and Bob is patiently waiting from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. How's your foot? 
Yeah. It's pretty good, uh, Bob. I've got to. I'm going to go see the orthopedic guy on uh, Monday, and I'm hoping he gives me the green light to take this boot off. It's driving me nuts. Okay. Well, I'm glad you progressed a little <laughs> bit. I, I got some interesting information uh, on Mullinex. Uh, you know, they advertise no dealer fees. Yes. And I talked to somebody that worked there for 21 years, mm-hmm. and apparently, what they do, they do have a dealer fee. Oh. And what they do is they, they fold it into the price of the car. So what they do is they write the price of the car that they're going to sell to you on the windshield with like a crayon. Mm-hmm. It's a one price. You know, you don't negotiate the price. That's the price of the car. But the dealer fee is embedded in that number. Mm-hmm. So it That's doesn't where show it's supposed up. to be. It's embedded, <laughs> it's, embedded, it's embedded in that number. So they, they're telling you that there is no dealer fee, but it really... And they just raised it. It's seven hundred ninety-nine dollars. Hey, Bob. And that num- and that's that's embedded in that number on the windshield. Bob, uh, you heard what what Rick just mentioned, and uh, the 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 problem with any sort of a fee, whether it's dealer fee or any kind of a phony fee, they call them junk fees. And there are so right. many other uh, you know companies and retailers that do that. I mean. Uh, uh, rental car companies are, are huge on junk fees. Airlines, when you buy an airline ticket, they're huge on fees. Um, yeah, but they will—they show you the don't. That, but what I'm saying is, they're not being transparent. Well, no, here, so here, here, it, it, it's opaque. It's hidden in. They don't. It's not mentioned <laughs> on the sales contract. Bob, on a line item. Bob, listen even to under, me. Even under a different name, it's Bob, just embedded in the price. Bob, yeah, listen to me. See what you're saying is. Uh, you can a, a, a seller, a car dealer, uh, a rental car company, a hotel chain. You can charge anything you want to. The the sin in the fees are you advertise a price or you tell your customer, your potential customer, the price, and that's not the price. Then you add something: uh, dealer fee, electronic filing fee, and the. Uh, as I say, all the other industries that do that are wrong. Once you take anything, whether it's a phone bill or if you want to call it a dealer fee, you can call it a uh, you can call it a, a, a German Shepherd. You call it, you name it anything you want to, and you put it in the price, and you tell the customer, "This is my price." Then it's no longer a bad thing. All and matter, as a matter of fact, all cost that to a seller, a retailer that he has by definition have to be included, including his profit. So when you say Mullinex is putting their dealer fee into their price, they're putting additional profit into their price, but it's okay if they tell you that's the price. So I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying is, from, but they're using uh, no dealer fee marketing yeah. as a hook to get you into the dealership. But it really is embedded. It is embedded. I just find it duplicitous. I think I would be I would be uh, better served if they just told me, "Here, yeah, this is the price, and this is our dealer fee," and show it to me. I don't mind paying the damn well, Bob, dealer, dealer Bob, fee. My competition, but it in there. Bob, my competition. I don't charge those fees either. The junk fees. Right. My competition okay. says exactly to uh, my to their customers. Uh, 
they, uh, the customer will say to the uh, to the Toyota dealer they're shopping, say, well, Earl Stewart doesn't charge any dealer fees. And then the salesman says, yes, he does. He includes it in the price that he advertises and the price that you that, that he quotes you. But don't you don't you see that? First of all, I don't. <laughs> but but it, all my cost, if I pay a salesman a commission, if I have a, a utility bill, if I have a lease payment, if I have a property tax, all my expenses are automatically calculated, included into what I have to sell my products for, which are my Toyotas. So uh, you're, you're, you're falsely accusing Mullinex. If Mullinex has something that he calls a dealer fee, which he doesn't uh, include in the price, but he could. You know, he could have a big meeting and say, okay, we're going to start charging a dealer fee of $1,000, and we're going to increase the price of all our Fords $1,000, and we're going to advertise that price by an additional $1,000. That's perfectly okay. Uh, uh, Worst-case scenario, he doesn't sell very many Fords because his competition beats the price, but he has to have a competitive price if he wants to stay in business, and it's up to him to include anything he wants in that price. The sin... The, the, the illegal act comes when they tell you this is the price and they sit you down and fill out the paperwork and suddenly there's something called a dealer fee, electronic filing fee, tag agency fee. They slip in on top of the price that brought you in the door, the advertised price. All right. You get it? <laughs> I, get, I get it. I, I, for me, I just, Think about I it. Just, like, I, Think I, about I, it. I know. Yeah. I understand. It, it basically it's what you take walking out the door. Yeah. I get it, yep. but I, I would I would prefer that you know uh, call it what it is, and if yeah. he's going to include it in the price, you know, just say so. I mean, yeah. that doesn't bother me. The fact that they they advertise there's no dealer fee, but Ooh. it's already embedded in the price of the car. Uh, go back you know, to your go go back to your source on this information, and ask him what uh how he knows that i mean i i i know the mullinex family and um uh they've been well, a business he worked, there for, he worked there for 21 years so i don't yeah well he worked, he, there, for he worked there for 21 years mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> as a sales as a salesman so i think what i think what would happen is when they pay a commission if you're the salesperson they pay you a commission uh, that comes off the profit yeah. of the car right so, so actually, the selling price. Okay. They have to deduct. They'll deduct. Monex will deduct all that stuff before they pay out the commission. Well, this, this is this is a this is an I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because I I hear this uh, from other uh, customers I, and Nancy says we got another call holding but I got to say okay. I got to say this one last thing when I stopped char- I had a dealer fee 20 years ago or whatever it was right. it was four hundred ninety five dollars. I decided not to charge the dealer fee anymore, so I had a meeting with everybody, and they all were going to quit. They're, I'm crazy. You can't do that. Uh, we got to have that profit. We got to have that. I said, "Listen, let me tell you something. We're gonna we're we're going to, to raise our price, and we will advertise a price at a higher price than we do now, and then we're being honest." And the customer has a right to choose. So we adjusted our price to what we thought was fair. So right. in, in that sense, I was including my $495 dealer fee into my advertised price. When the smoke settled after I raised my, included my dealer fee into my advertised price, when the smoke settled, I was still making about $200 more 
uh, and before I lost about uh, $250 as a result of sneaking it in at the last minute. But the whole sin about hidden fees and junk fees is surprising it, springing it on your customer when they don't expect it after you've basically lied to them about the price that you told them you'd sell them the car for. Uh, right, great I question, do. Bob. I, I love it. You you have probably helped a lot of people out there that because the, the, the salespeople are using that against car dealers that do legitimately not charge that fee. They are including every all their all their cost in their advertised price. Uh, call again, Bob. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we got a whole bunch of people calling here. Uh, okay, I have, I have just one quick thing for Rick. If you have just a second. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, just a second. Uh, the woman that called about her Jeep, where her seat was going up and down. I I looked on the Jeep forum, Rick, and it, that's a common problem. And one person wrote in. He says that if you take the lever off. Uh, that would solve the problem. So I just thought you might want to, you know, maybe talk about that because I see this guy Marty's having a problem with his seat also. So, yeah. you know, it may be a design uh, problem with the Jeep. There's a lot of complaints about it. And apparently Marty went online and he saw there's a lot of complaints about the headrest. Okay, Bob, thanks we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about that after we take this yeah, next call. Thanks caller. for bringing that uh, to thank our you attention, very much. Bob. I think that might have been a couple of weeks ago, but we need to look into that. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, I didn't mention it when we got on the air. $50 for the first two new lady callers. $50. Give us a call. Let your voice be heard, and uh, you can win $50. We're going to go to Bob in Delray. He's been holding, and good morning, Bob. Hello, hello, hello. What difference does it make what it's called this property? That's what I say. But in any event, um, thank you, Rick. Last week I asked you about uh, the screen uh, on my Camry. And you informed me about the technical service bulletin. Boy, that's a great. I had I've been around the block. I've had money cars. I never knew about it, and I was in the business. So thank you very much for that. And, You're very um, welcome. I, and I, I did have something I wanted to ask you folks about, which I forgot. Brain freeze. But it was seafoam. What do you think of that product? You ever hear of it? Many times and. I, I'm still on the fence about it because I'm, I'm not a big fan of the idea of mechanic in a can. It's um, I've just seen so many snake oil products over my years that really just do nothing. Some of them, yes, they do serve a small purpose, but truth be told, the only real uh, results that I've seen from any of these products is using something to clean the throttle plate on higher mileage cars and other than that um cars that don't get a lot of highway miles they just get like low city miles they, they really don't get driven properly enough you take that car out on the highway for a 35 40 minute a one hour drive at highway speeds and any carbon buildup in there is going to break down and be burned out by the engine just by that exercise so it's it's more a matter of varying the type of driving that you're doing with your car that you really don't even need that product if you just once in a while go out for a sunday drive 
drive out to Indian Town, take your wife to dinner or to breakfast out there at the uh, Seminole Country Inn. It's a great place for a brunch. And, uh, oh, it's incredible. And then that drive out there and back, nice long highway miles will clear out carbon buildup in your engine. And you'll actually see a slight increase. Yeah, Bob, I, I agree with Rick on that. I think a lot of these are advertised. People uh, like to baby their cars. People particularly who really, really want to take care of their cars are probably more susceptible to these uh, advertisements about, you know, a mechanic in a can, I think is what Rick referred to. And if you talk to some skilled uh, mechanics, they'll tell you the same thing, Rick, that most of these things are garbage. The manufacturers of these cars, especially today, I've really got, uh, you know, the combustion engine car, which is on the way out, and EVs are on the way in. But the uh, combustion engine cars now are at really the peak efficiency and reliability and low maintenance ever since I've been in the business. And you buy a new car today, combustion engine, uh, you just take care, of, uh, take care of it the way the owner's manual said. And I don't know any owner's manual of any car that says you should be buying these mechanic-in-the-can type products. They tell you to change the oil, check the tires, and that's just about it. Well, I happen to I happen to agree with you on that. But I actually I met the owner of the company a, a few weeks back. But when um, you mentioned EV, I'm about to go away, and I checked out some car rentals. Hertz, their price to rent a Tesla is less than the half to rent a Toyota Corolla. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, on a daily basis, it's like $30 compared to like $70 for a Corolla. It's amazing. So I wanted to share that with you guys. Well, that's good. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That is cheap. $30 uh, from Hertz. That's, uh, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, But thank you. You guys do a tremendous service. I, uh, I catch you whenever I possibly can. Thank you very much for being there. Thank, Thank you, Bob. you, Bob. Give us a call again. You know, you talk about products. I've fallen in love with one. It's called Rainex. Been around for a long time. Boy, what a product. Uh, if you're in a hurry and you want something done effectively, efficiently, you know, fast, 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 it is a great product. Something you need to go out and pick up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be getting to our uh, mystery shopping report later on in the show. That came to us from uh, Kissimmee, and uh, Agent Lightning did a fabulous job again. And uh, also we'll be talking about Earl's latest uh, column, uh, his blog, and that is Total self-driving Teslas are not as safe to drive today. And we'll get into the sort of the meat of that. Also, uh, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, I'm going to mention again uh, the website that you need to go to, Florida Law Protecting, Con <clears throat> Protecting Car Buyers. That's Florida Law Protecting Car Buyers. If you feel that the dealer that you dealt with took advantage of you if they're breaking the law your voice must be heard it's the only way we can put this to rest or at least try 877-960-9960 again text us at 772-497-6530 now back to the recovering car dealer you know i had an interesting phone call the other day uh from an elderly woman 84 years old and uh, she had a 12-year-old Camry that had been totaled. And thank God she wasn't hurt, but she had to buy a new car in a hurry. And her insurance company was going to reimburse her. She, she had good coverage. Uh, but this woman had been out of the market 
for 12 years. She bought the, the, that vehicle from me, actually, and had bought other cars. Um, but uh, she'd been out of the market. You know, when you're not in the market for a refrigerator or a TV, you don't really pay too much attention when the news or the advertisements are on that. You, you've got a good TV, you've got a good uh, refrigerator, and you just don't think about it. Well, she hadn't thought about cars. She had a Camry, and it was just doing fine. Uh, low mileage, she, didn't drive, she doesn't drive much. So she came into uh, my dealership, and uh, the salesperson told her that the, for a new Camry, uh, the, the price would be MSRP. And she was really, really upset I don't know the salesman. I'm going to find out because I don't think he did a good job of explaining it. So she called me, and uh, I had to explain the fact that uh, during the past three years, some crazy things had happened to the car business. And I said, you're really going to have to trust me now when I tell you this, that buying a car at MSRP is really a good price. Now, I, I, had to, I choked a little bit when I said that because... I've been selling cars, been a dealer for 50 years, about. And uh, if I ever sold, so, sold a car in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, uh, for, for MSRP, we had a celebration. We had a party. You know, we actually sold the car at MSRP. And everybody would say, only suckers pay sticker price. And that was true. So here she comes in, and here we are. So fortunately, she, she did believe me, and, and the, good, the good news was her 12-year-old Camry was worth a whole lot more than she ever thought it would be, and, uh, and that's the story. But I, I mention that because I think a lot of you, uh, or maybe your friends, maybe the listeners of the show may, wouldn't be in that position, but you probably have friends that they're happy, they're going about their day, they're driving a five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-old car, runs well, they get it to... Uh, taken care of properly, and they, they you don't pay attention to the news. I mean, you know, you don't need a car, um, and that's, uh, when they come in, it's going to be sticker shock. <laughs> and the worst thing about it is, if a dealer tells you the truth today and says, I'm going to give you this car at an out-the-door price for MSRP, uh, that's one thing. But the dealers that advertise that they are discounting MSRP uh, or selling at MSRP, they are adding these hidden junk fees, and we talked about that earlier in the show. The problem with these hidden junk fees is you don't know about them. You believe the dealer's advertising, you believe the salesman, the email, you call the, you call the dealership up, they said, I'll sell you this car for that, and, and then maybe you talk to two or three other deals, they sell you, this is the price, so you go into the place where the lowest price, and next thing you know, you got $2,000 in hidden junk fees. So that's a danger. It's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> if you've been out of the market, it's a double nightmare. So uh, I just wanted to relate that story to you of, of this woman who uh, is now, she's, she's kind of happy because she's getting a lot more for her trade-in than she thought she would, which almost offsets what she would have had to pay. Uh, for the car, uh, for the new Camry. Day and night situation. Yeah. We're going to go back to the phones where John is holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. I got a question. Uh, for, uh, is there anything uh, other than dryer sheets uh, that I can protect my uh, wiring harness uh, on, a, on a car? 
uh, I just had to bring in a vehicle, to uh, actually the Tesla, and something got underneath the hood and chewed on the wiring harness to cause uh, a malfunction. Oh, boy. And I was wondering if we have, uh, you know, like uh, with W spraying it once a month with WD-40 or uh, lithium grease um, or or something else other than that to, to keep that from happening again. The one solution that I'm aware of that I know has been proven to work, uh, there is a, a special tape. Uh, I believe Honda produced it or had someone produce it for them. It's available on the Internet, and it basically is infused with capsaicin, which is uh, pepper spray. Uh, wear gloves and eye protection where you're using it. Wash very, very well after installing it. Don't touch parts of your skin because this stuff is pepper spray horrible. And uh, basically, you wrap any spot of wiring you can find with it, and when the rats or mice start to chew they get a mouthful of fire and they they leave it alone pretty quick uh but that's that's the only proven effective method that i am aware of right now that i know is 100 percent effective there's plenty of others out there um spraying them down with, with pepper spray or something like that but a lot of that stuff bear in mind uh any air anything that you aerosolize and spray in the air that could get into your AC system, be drawn in, you know, into the air in your car. You might wind up breathing that, and you could create a situation a lot worse than what you're experiencing otherwise. Right, and the and the uh, the spot where they chewed into the wiring harness uh, is right underneath the hood, near the uh, hinge, um, right underneath, uh, right below the windshield. So I, I I can't do it because that's where the the air intake. You know, uh, the, the fresh air comes in at that area. Right. That's where um, you'd want to wrap that tape on because the tape doesn't not, gas. The, the tape won't release any odors or gashes, you know, anything like that. It's it's infused with it to where it only affects them when they chew on it. So you won't yeah. smell it or anything like that. But Yeah. Well, I'm not doing the work. Uh, Tesla's doing the work, and they've had the car for several days now. Yeah. Uh, because so the whole the whole heart the whole front end hardness has to be, you know, gone through and changed. Right, John. I'm holding a uh, Amazon page up on uh, for those streaming us. It's called Rodent Tape, and uh, it's exactly as Rick described it. So you can buy you can buy this on Amazon. They have several choices. Uh, this is uh, uh, nineteen dollars ninety nine cents for a great big roll of Rodent Tape. Yep. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, uh, a lot of people, we, we hear this from time to time. Our dealership, we see it all, all the time. And uh, Rick's recommendation is exactly what uh, will keep that from happening. All right, great. Thank you so much. Thank Rodent. you, John. Great hearing from you, John. We're going to go straight to George, who's giving us a call from Stewart. Good morning, George. Uh, good morning. Uh, hope you're all doing well. We are. Uh, I have a, yeah, I have a question about uh, my brake food. Uh, my brake fluid, uh, I've had it in for 70,000 miles, and I have a Honda Civic, and uh, should I change it? Uh, it's a matter of question, actually. I would I would look at it first, basically. Just pop the hood, 
take a nice bright flashlight, shine it into that reservoir, and if the fluid still looks like it's kind of a yellowish straw colored fluid and it's still pretty clear, I would leave it alone. If it's dark, really, really dark, it looks muddy and looks like it's starting to get uh, just a blackish appearance like the used motor oil, then I would consider having it flushed out and changed. Uh, brake fluid is what's called hydroscopic. It absorbs water, absorbs moisture. And that's why it's so effective for what it does is because it keeps the water from damaging any of the components inside. So I would just give it a look. If it still looks pretty kind of yellowish straw, I'd leave it be. George, does that answer your question? Absolutely. Thank you very much. You're, you're all very nice people. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, George. Thanks you're very for welcome, listening. George. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to Steve. He's uh, calling us from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Uh, I have a question for Rick. Uh, Rick, last week you mentioned uh, to a, a caller that if the car should use premium fuel, the computer will adjust it if you put regular in. Now, the question I have is this. Years ago, I was told that if the car, uh, when you open the gas, uh, the door, if it says premium fuel recommended, you can put regular fuel in. However, I was told if it said premium fuel required, you could only put the premium in. And I have a 2022 Lexus NX350 that says premium fuel required, and I have been putting in the 93 octane. Is it safe to put the regular 87 octane in this car? It is safe to do it. It's just you might notice a change in performance. Uh, if, if you're one of those that you enjoy driving a car to its performance levels, you know, really, really enjoy getting that car out and putting it to its paces, you might notice that it just doesn't feel as powerful. Uh, the reason being lower octane fuel, the computer is gonna retard the timing, the ignition timing to compensate for that lower octane fuel. And by doing so, it's gonna affect the performance of the car. So if you wanna run the lower octane fuel to get the lesser price, you can get away with it it just you might notice a change in performance yeah, Steve, the manufacturers when they do this uh their engineers when they design the car and when they ran it through the epa in terms of uh emissions uh, testing and fuel economy and all that federal stuff that has to go up on the moroni label uh they used a certain type of fuel uh that fuel that they used when that went through the federal emissions testing uh, is what they are going to recommend and what they're going to say mandatory uh, to cover themselves. Uh, uh, they, if the EPA comes back at them and says something to them about emissions uh, or fuel economy, uh, they can say, oh, well, the customer wasn't using the high octane. He was using another fuel. Uh, as long as they recommend it, they've covered themselves. But as Rick says, from a reality standpoint, and the huge increase in cost for high for the high premium, uh, it, it's not going to. You're going to come out ahead of the game, even if it, even if it hurts your gas mileage a little bit. The money you would save on the lower octane fuel would more than cover the cost of the fuel that you had to buy. 
my, my main concern, <clears throat> excuse me, my main concern was damage to my car. Yeah, no damage. And, and, and because I use regular in my other Lexus, my ES350, mm-hmm. but when I filled up the NX, by accident I filled the tank up with regular, and I actually noted no, noticed no difference, but I, I just was afraid I was going to damage the car in some way. But I can put the regular in, and it will not damage the car, avoid my warranty. Yes, that's correct. Yes, because older cars back in the 90s, there was a potential for that, that it they couldn't react as quickly. And it could possibly cause some damage, but that very rare case, and that's back in the 90s. These newer cars now, they react so quickly, there's no worries with it. And that's a, that's, it's a great question you got because a lot of people have that on their mind. And with gas prices so high now, and people and the the manufacturer the the gas stations, I think understand that. First of all, uh, if they want to be competitive. Uh, they're going to use their regular, their lowest octane, and that has the big sign, and that's what they're advertising. But the guy that's got the car where the manufacturer says, uh, you know, high test required, uh, they're they're going to pay all they're going to pay all the money you ask because they feel like they have to. So your question is good because a lot of people listening feel the way you do. But uh-huh. the fact is. You do not hurt your car by using a lower octane. You might, as Rick said, detect a little bit of difference in performance. If that doesn't bother you, it's not going to damage your engine, and they're not, it's not going to avoid your warranty. Well, I appreciate the advice, and I, and I want to say one other thing. Earl, uh, m- many years ago I called you and spoke to you about a question I had. Uh, you saved me a lot of money. Uh, I had a 2011 Lexus. And the warranty was up, and I keep my cars a long time. I kept that car 11 years. Good for you. Uh, and I said, you think I should get an extended warranty? And your, wor- and your words to me were, it's too good a car, it won't break. Uh-huh. And you were right. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get the extended warranty, and I kept it for 11 years, and I was fine. Well, that's great. I, I tell people also, uh, if, you're, if you're still worried, I don't recommend the extended warranty if you bought a good car like a Lexus, but if you're still worried, uh, take the monthly payment that, uh, that that extended warranty, they were going to charge you for that extended warranty, and put it in the bank or put it in the stock market or put it you know, in bonds and, and just uh, use it as an independent savings account. So should you have a problem, you can draw on that. that that'll give you more of a feeling of security. But uh, the insurance companies that sell you these extended warranties, and the dealers often are the insurance companies because they, they design their own warranties, and they go to the state in Florida, they go to the right. state insurance commissioner's office, and they sign up as an insurance company. I have an insurance company. And let me tell you something, those insurance companies are extremely profitable. They're, they're making the money, not the people that are buying the insurance. Well, I appreciate your advice. <laughs> you be a good public service you do every week, all of you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Steve. Thanks for listening. It's a win-win situation, folks. Uh, we make a great exchange. You make the show. We make the show. It's just a good thing, and we thank all of you for tuning in. 877-960-9960. And, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. We are going to go to Linda, who is a first-time caller, and she's calling us from Jupiter. Welcome, Linda. Uh, Hi. Good morning. You just won yourself $50, and after we're done talking, if you'll stay on the phone with uh, Jeremy, who's in the control room, he can give your contact information, and he can pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Linda. What can we do for you today? 
Well, I currently have a leased vehicle, and it expires in about a month. And most of my friends are telling me, and it seems to make sense, that uh, given the environment right now, it, it's financially better for me to buy this vehicle. Uh, I think it's a buyout price of about 20000 for a 2019 MKC Lincoln rather than <clears throat> going to uh, lease a similar vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they of interest rates that the monthly um, price for that would be far higher than what I'm paying right now. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's my first question. Do you agree that I should just go ahead and purchase this vehicle for now? Well, Linda, do you like the vehicle? Or is it serves you well? No problems? You enjoy driving it? Yeah. yeah. The, the nice thing about a lease vehicle is you have personal experience for probably three years. You've been driving it. So you know if it's a good car or not a good car. If you go out and buy another car, then there's always that big question mark. Even new cars can give you problems. But you've got a car, tried and proven, you like it. And the even better news is your option to purchase that car is below the market value. Uh, cars coming online now. Uh, from uh, leases being out to the end of the lease. That option price was established before this whole pandemic and uh, shortage of parts and and skyrocketing prices. So you have a really low price on that that car to to buy it from the uh, leasing company. Uh, Be careful, though. If you go through the dealer, uh, they're going to probably try to charge you additional price on top of the option price. Uh, On your lease contract, you can see what that leasing price is. And when you exercise your option, be sure that they don't charge you anything over that option price. It's federal law. uh, The uh, Truth and Leasing Act requires that you be able to buy that car for your option of purchase at that that price and not one penny more. Now, you do have to pay for sales tax and you you do have to uh, buy a license plate, but you don't have any other charges that the dealer would pass along to you. If they do, uh, there's a lot of lawyers in South Florida that have got a lot of money from suing dealers and even lenders who have tried to jack up the purchase option price. That was going to be my next question was uh, regarding a phrase in there that says must pay applicable fees, but that applicable fee is not identified in the contract, which I should have seen ahead of time but did not notice. That's it. So, you, the the number that you have there, the option price, uh, the, the Consumer's Lease Act of 1976, I think, it's been around for a long time. And uh, they, that it, it makes it illegal to charge anything above the purchase option price. Awesome. Finally, do do I go back to the same dealer? Do, do I go to any Lincoln dealer? Do I go to any dealer? Uh, uh, you, can, you can with some. What what make car are you leasing? It's a Lincoln. Lincoln, I'm not sure about Lincoln. I think I think you 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 can certainly go to any Lincoln dealer and and uh, go through him. Uh, you might even be able to go through Ford. Uh, in some cases, the manufacturers have changed their policy on that. Used to be you had to go through the dealer. Some of the manufacturers are allowing you to deal directly with them. But whoever you deal with, just be sure that. The only thing that you pay over that purchase option price is sales tax and license plate. No 
other fees. It's got to be a government fee, which is the sales tax and the license plate. That's a government fee. Goes to the state of Florida. Nothing goes to the dealer. Uh, he can't if he tries to charge you a handling fee or a dock fee or a, they make up names for these fees. He's breaking the law. Awesome. Oh, I appreciate that so much, Earl. You're very that welcome. Was really bothering me. So that's great, Linda. I want to say that um, I want to congratulate you for being an educated consumer. Uh, there are so many women out there that, uh, you, you know, just don't look into these things and educate themselves and keep up with the news. Leasing was a good way to go at one time. Um, as you well know, and I know, uh, things have certainly changed out there. And uh, your option to buy is a win-win situation. And I'm sure that you'll make sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and you will just pay for your vehicle and no added fees thank you so much and like i said stay on the line and talk to jeremy and give him your contact information and please spread the word let the ladies know that they too can win 50 dollars, and they can let their voice be heard about anything at all we're right here for them i sure will and i really appreciate your help thank you Give us a call again. Uh, we're staying with the phones, and we're going to our favorite guy, the Roadrunner, Roadrunner Steve. Me, me. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Good morning, everybody. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Uh, last week I brought up that subject about AM radios and cars that they want to get rid of. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, now they got congressmen passing a bill. They don't want to get rid of it. They want that AM radio in that car, in the cars. Oh, geez. Well, uh, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. I, um, why get rid of it? I, I, I just, uh, it's, it's so easy to have that availability, and a lot of people like AM radio. Well, not a lot, but Absolutely. some. Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, though, every single state that you travel to, when you drive across the state line, the first thing they have is road, state road information is on an AM station. So I never thought they, about never thought about that. If if you, if they were to get rid of AM, every single state would have to pre- exactly. come up with the money. Yeah. Why do they even want to mess with AM it anyway? To FM or something else. You know, let it go. I mean, um, it's a good thing. Stay with AM. Yeah. Well, what's it hurt to leave it in? Yeah. Because they they're asking people to write to Congress and to tell them, hey, we yeah. want the AM radio. <laughs> oh jeez. And to the guy. But we just called about the Lexuses. How many Lexuses has he owned? Three or four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My idea is if you can afford a Lexus, you can afford premium. I mean, <laughs> I'm a poor guy. I put I put, put high test in my roadrunner, so <laughs> You know, Steve, I'm, I'm a, I'll, let me do a little commercial for, for Lexus. You know, sometimes the initial price of a vehicle is not is not as bad as you think about it. A lot of Lexus, you'd be surprised. Uh, uh, this the fellow you're referring to has a 2011 Lexus. Now uh, he's driving a 2011. Now that's <laughs> that's a, a that's a long time. And his he told me he says I didn't buy a maintenance contract, extended service contract because you told me I bought a good car. So how much has that right. Lexus owner really paid for that car over the past 11 years? Uh, the depreciation is very small compared to most other cars. Lexus don't depreciate. The maintenance cost is less. The repair cost is less. So the guy that bought the Chevrolet or the guy that bought the Fiat, 
Uh, he might have he might have paid thousands of dollars less, but at the end of eleven or twelve years, I wonder who really paid more. Very true. Well, I would stick if it says premium, stick the premium in there yeah. just to be on the safe side. Because uh, a lot of these, if you take it, oh, you didn't put this in, you didn't do that, blah blah, it's, you wind up losing your case. Yeah. Well. If, if, a lot of people do these things because it makes them feel better. I, I'm one of them, really. I happen to be a, a car dealer, so that's a, a, an exception. But, you know, if I have a product, I buy a product. Um, I, I, I try to to follow the rules, and even if there's a subtle reason why they tell me, uh, that's the reason people buy extended service contracts. Every, everything you buy now, whether it's on Amazon, at the store, anything you buy, they ask you if you want the extended service contract. So uh, you feel, I bought the extended service contract on my Apple phone because I felt like I should because they asked me to. So I, you know, we're, I'm, I'm real smart when it comes to cars, but I'm not real smart when it comes to other products. Well, one time I made the mistake of putting regular gas in my roadrunner. Oh, good Lord. I'm driving down the road, I hit the gas, he had ping, 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 ping. Oh, no. I was like, oh. Wow. Well, Rick says if it, if it does that, you, should go, you shouldn't do it. Interesting. Yeah, I know, but I made the mistake of putting regular in. I was like, I was daydreaming at the gas station. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so right, uh, an hour later, I just went to the gas station. Yeah, let me get, let me get, I got to get high test in here. I drove it, and the, you could hear the ping going away. Yeah. Interesting. So, Go to your local yeah. auto parts store and get a bottle of 104 octane boost. Dump that in. That ping will be gone for that entire Maybe tank. Just Is that right? Mechanic that works? Can. Huh. Well, but now we're talking old school here. We're talking an yeah. old roadrunner. We're not talking a modern car. This is where <laughs> this is where we're talking chemistry, and basically the 104 octane boost, it retards the burning of the fuel and increases the octane so that the bur the fuel will burn slower in the cylinder on the higher octane or higher compression older engines, which are you know your your big elephantine performance engines of the 70s. You know, with your Roadrunner's got, right. you're you're running a much higher compression engine there, so you're going to want a yeah. higher octane to slow that down. So are, you're telling me that if the cost of that, what is it called? 104 octane. Boost. 104 octane. I, I've seen that. Yeah, I've but it's, seen it's, that. About, it's about fifteen to eighteen dollars a can. Oh, so it's not. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's not cheap. Oh, but, but, but it is. It is a performance enhancer so for the oil cars. So what you do when you made a mistake, but you don't keep buying it and putting regular right. in because it costs you a fortune. Oh, right. I see. I see. Well, it's a it's a performance enhancement. Yeah. It is. Maybe it's, I should drink. Maybe I should drink it. It's, it's basically it's a it's a steroid for your gas tank. You're a hoot. You devil, you. All right, everybody, have a good and safe weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks, me, thanks, thanks, Steve. Thanks for making our Saturday. We love talking to you. Have a great weekend, uh, ladies. I'm waiting to hear from you. Uh, do you realize that uh, 84, 85 percent of women? You know, they have a whole lot to do with purchasing a vehicle or being part of the purchasing deal. Uh, the next new lady caller can win herself $50 this morning. $50.
Everybody needs an extra 50 in their pocket, so give us a call, 877-960-9960. And take a minute and thank all of you patient callers this morning. We really have our calls coming in. Just They're just coming in left and right. So we're going to go to John, who's calling us from West Palm Beach, and Robert from Twin City, Mike from West Palm. You guys hang on. We'll be right with you. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Uh, calling in. I'm going to take the show back about 40 years. So, Rick, you won't be able to answer because I don't think you were born yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> so this is going to have to go to Earl. Yeah. And talking about, uh, speaking about octane boosting, Earl, do you remember or did you ever experience putting mothballs in the air cleaner to raise the octane uh, in, in, in the older cars? Wow. I. I, I really haven't. I can't remember that. Uh, I was a nut back in them, those days because I, I was a hot rod and I used to drag race and I was crazy. Uh, but I didn't hear the mothballs. Rick, Rick had, you, had you heard that? That actually was one of the old wise tales that had a little yep. bit of validity. Uh, started in the, again, late 60s, early 70s. This is when America was hot rods. We were all about the hot rods. Yeah the big Chrysler elephant engines, the little Chevy mouse engines, the rat engines. These were, everybody was looking for that extra tenth of a second. This is where Fast and Furious, the where, where the real days were. And yeah, they were looking for every tenth of a second. Mothballs would produce a little bit of gas that was actually possibly a little flammable. So they believed it would help slow down the burn in the fuel, and again, increase the octane rating by not having quite as much oxygen available as well. So it's it's a weird chemistry thing they were trying, yeah. and it, it seemed to help a little bit on some of the cars. Absolutely, and John, if you were to ask me, I would have said yes. And uh, I'll tell you what, back in uh, in Pittsburgh, gosh, did we use mothballs for so many different things. And maybe, as Rick said, these old wives' tales. Uh, but today, I realize how toxic they are. Uh, but I did use them back then. Yeah, believe it or not, I was born in 68. And okay. so as I was growing up, I was on the tail end of all those muscle cars. And unfortunately, at the time... When I bought my first car, I couldn't afford it, but a guy right near me was selling a 68 Roadrunner with the 383 in it, and oh man, if I could have bought that car, but I wanted it in the worst way, but I, I just didn't have the money. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yep. All right. Thank you, John. Well, that's it for me. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening. Hey, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to Robert, who's been patiently holding from the Twin Cities. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Welcome. We finally got rid of our snow up here in Minnesota. Pardon me? We got rid of our snow up here in Minnesota. Oh, you get switched to the summer tires now, huh? Yes. You hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. What's up? What's on your mind? 23 Lexus RX. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, we've got two dealerships owned by the same same owner. 
price over the over, over online from them, and they, they claim that they have a a port charge up here for two like two thousand dollars extra over MSRP. Am I mean, uh, we don't wrong? have ports up here other than other than Duluth. What's wrong? With, what what is the um? What is the Monroney label when you look at the car? Is there anything on that Monroney label that would indicate a, a legitimate charge called port charge? Yes, it says port charge. On the Monroney label? The window sticker, the, the MSRP? Yes. I didn't think we had port charges up here. I, I, it doesn't sound legitimate to me. Uh, the way to be sure is all legitimate charges from the manufacturer or distributor would be on the official Monroney label, the uh, window sticker that's affixed there at the plant where the car is built and has to legally remain. Now, what dealers do when they charge extra charges, like all the dealers in Florida, uh, they put a another sticker alongside the Monroney label and they would have port charge and they would try to make you believe it was legitimate but it's not so um, to answer your question if it's not on the official Monroney label then it's a dealer added charge and it's not legitimate it's not part of the recommended suggested retail price could that maybe be listed on an addendum well that's it would be and uh, it, the addendum is not you know the addendum is at the uh, whim of the uh, seller the dealer and uh, uh, if this is uh, there, there are other distributors uh, what what make car is this uh, Lincoln. Lexus RX yeah a Lincoln that that wouldn't be yeah that that would not be legitimate it makes no sense uh, if it was an import not a Lincoln. yeah not a Lincoln it's a Lexus oh a Lexus okay uh, Lexus are Lexus are manufactured. Uh, uh, they could be imported. Yeah, they, they do. They, I think Lexus still uh, come in from Japan, uh, but it, it could be the distributor for Lexus adding that on. But that would be part of the Monroney label. I also found out that these both these dealerships are owned by the same company, and it's they're out of they're Naples called Napleton. Uh oh, uh -oh. Napleton, you got, you got a problem there. <laughs> Napleton, uh, at least in Florida, is uh, is one of the worst, uh, most deceptive, uh, non-transparent. Uh, I I could think of some other adjectives that I can't say on the air, but Napleton, Florida, is uh, is uh, not a good place to buy a car. Uh, but he's got a lot of dealerships, and I can't say from from knowing that he doesn't have honest dealerships. Uh, uh, up in where you live, so I would be, but but just the name itself, I'd be very dubious, uh, and I would certainly shop and compare that Lexus with another Lexus dealer. Uh, Lexus dealers, Lexus has been very good about enforcing their dealers to sell their cars without extra fees. They strongly encourage Lexus dealers not to flimflam, and most of them follow that. Uh, and if there is a fee, it's a very small fee. So if you've got a big fat port fee, uh, I would try another Lexus dealer, especially if it's called Napleton Lexus. It's a $2,000 fee right now. Oh, well, I, I, that sounds to me totally phony. Go to a, get a, find the next closest Lexus dealer, call them, 
uh, email them and give them uh, the information on the car you want to buy and see what they have. And you're probably going to find they don't have that port fee. Okay, well, I thank you very much for the information, and you have a good day now. Thank, thank you, you Robert. Long. Give us a call again. We're going to go straight to Mike, who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Mike. Hello. Good hey, morning Mike. and welcome. Hi, what Mike. can we do for you? Uh, yeah, I uh, admire uh, uh, Earl Stewart. Well, thank uh, you. And the reason being is that uh, I bought a Hyundai from him, uh, which I since gave away as a wedding gift to my daughter who's getting married. And, I, and when I saw the car at uh, the end of uh, North Lake Boulevard, uh, of course, he's got that big billboard up there, I... Uh, I, I, he gave me, the salesman, they voluntarily gave me the uh, report on that car. Um, what do they call that? Where they, uh, the Carfax, probably. Yeah, that's it. Right. And it indicated very clearly that the car was a one-owner. It was never leased. It had 18,000 miles on it at the time I bought it. When I gave it to my daughter, it had 30, 33,000 miles on it. And I want to tell you that through all of those miles... I never touched anything on that car, and that car today still is running uh, very, very well. Wonderful. I mean, I just throw. I mean, I, you know, I, I've never had that experience in my life. And keep in mind, I'm a motorhead. I go back to a 1969 Corvette that I worked over myself. Heads racing done, you know, canned, side oh, yeah. dined out at uh, dined out at uh, 490 horse. We could do a zero to sixteen <laughs> four, four, wow. four seconds flat, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I know I know this stuff, and uh, I just can't get over how great that dealership was. Thank I paid you. top dollar at that time uh, for that car, but boy, was it worth it! And they're still riding it around today. Well, good for you. I really I'm, I, I appreciate the compliment. Thanks so much. You're quite welcome. And I'll tell you what: keep up the good work because you are very enlightening, and you do learn things also. And don't forget, being the motorhead I am. You know, Sunoco Blue used to be 110 octane at 39.9. Yeah. Back in the day mm-hmm. when I had the, I had these things, and I've been riding a Harley ever since I was 17 years old because I grew up in Jersey. My name is my handle is Jersey Mike, living in West Palm Beach. Of course. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you make a good sub. Anyway. Yeah, for best, sure. Best submarine in the world. That's Earl's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just want to say, Earl, uh, you got a great dealership going there. Thank you very much, Mike. We appreciate that. Give, okay. us, give us a call again, Mike. We love talking will, to you. I will definitely. Jersey yes. Mike. Jersey Mike. Right. Okay. <laughs> Look, uh, I know what Earl's having for lunch. Okay. Um, you know something? I love breaking records. And today, today we have so many female callers, so many lady callers this morning. It's just fabulous. I've got goosebumps. I just love it. We're going to go to, uh, actually, we've got four. We're going to have a total of four lady callers, and uh, that is uh, breaking records. We're going to go to Amanda. She is a uh, first-time caller, and uh, she's from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Welcome. You won yourself $50 this morning. Awesome. Thank you so much. You stay on the line after we're done talking and give Jeremy your information. And he'll pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. What can we do for you this morning? So I have a 2011 Honda Element, 
and I was curious if it's feasible to convert the car to a hybrid or some kind of ethanol fuel. Um, and I was also wondering what about the cost? No. Like uh, it's you'd, you'd be talking trying to literally redesign and rebuild an entire car. Yeah, pretty and costly. And it, it wouldn't even be worth the cost of it. Yeah. Now, just from a point of interest, Amanda, um, it isn't a crazy idea because Toyota has uh, uh, taken that very tack in terms of uh, compromise between electric vehicles. And they're, they're talking about converting uh, combustion engine cars over to electric vehicles and uh, also hybrid. Uh, they... Uh, they're, they're, they have a global way of looking at things, and you know we, we, we live in the United States, and we think about the way things are here, and we think that's the way things are in the world. But Toyota looks at the whole world, and if you look at India and China and the entire globe in terms of drivers, there's a huge number of combustion engine cars, and a lot of those folks out there can't afford to buy the hybrids and the electric vehicles. So Toyota's actually pursuing converting the combustion engine cars into hybrids, into uh, uh, um, all electric, which uh, uh, they're going to have to show that to me to, to make me believe it. But uh, Toyota's pretty good at doing what they say they're going to do. So it isn't a crazy idea. Uh, it, it, you can't do it today. Rick is absolutely right. But Toyota is looking at it uh, from the long, long view. And uh, maybe 20 years from now, uh, when you got some places like in South America, India, and these people driving these old cars, instead of having to scrap them, they'll be able to uh, use them as electric vehicles. Convert them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And what about ethanol um, exception? or? I, I don't think that's going to cut it. I think ethanol ethanol has been on the way out for a while, and most of the uh, manufacturers are designing their cars now where uh, you, you, you're going to damage your car uh, Ethanol as a fuel just doesn't have the the calories, the power per gallon that gasoline has, and it, it just is so inefficient to attempt to use it that it, it really just doesn't work as a as a main fuel source for an automobile. Uh, there's so much better uses for it, and automobiles really as a whole are just better with gasoline. It's almost like talking about apples and oranges. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, uh, do you have any other questions? Um, I think. Did, did we answer your question? Yeah, I think uh, that's it. Thank okay, great. Uh, don't mean to rush, but uh, we've got a lot of calls backed up. So uh, give your information to Jeremy, and please spread the word, and thank you for building a platform here for the ladies. Our voices must be heard, and it's important. And uh, I would say that 100% of all of you are very educated in the car business and purchasing, leasing, servicing everything it's the 21st century and uh, we are part of it a very important part of it have a great weekend thank you too thank you guys uh good morning to carol carol's calling us from jupiter and she is a, another first time caller uh good morning carol Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're loud and clear. Uh, I want to tell okay. you, you won yourself $50 this morning. And uh, when we're oh. done talking, give Jeremy your contact information, and uh, he'll pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Oh, 
Okay, thank you, but that's not why I'm calling. I thought the other lady got it. But Well, um, today, Carol... I want to let you know that uh, we're breaking records this morning, and we have a lot of lady callers, and uh, uh, it's just an amazing morning. Uh, So you're lucky enough to win yourself $50. Thank you. What can we do for you? I'll make it as quick as I can. I'm in my third Prius purchased from your dealership, Earl Stewart, and um, I love them. I was there yesterday for service. And um, from the man who greets you when you're checking in, from uh, John Nichols, who takes care of us, and the bagels we had for breakfast, <laughs> um, it's it's all just, I mean, it's really a pleasure. Um, it's not like going to the dentist at all. <laughs> and I love the dealership. But I want to tell you that I read your article in the Florida Weekly um, about Out the Door. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the last Prius we bought from your dealership, when we were done, because we go in as a very educated consumer, your salesman said that when he buys his next car, he wants my husband to come with him to negotiate. So, <laughs> so, so what you what no what you said about out the door is very important about knowing what the car should sell for before you go in. Exactly. And other and other than that, I listen to you every Saturday, and I always learn stuff. And I'm thank you so much for your. Um, I want to say integrity in the way you do business. Thank and you, Carol. That, big, that means a lot. Fans. I appreciate it. That's very so nice. My last little question is: I have a '16 Prius. I love it. I'm driving it right now. How long before? I mean, does the when the battery goes? Does it give you a signal it's weak, or does it just die? You'll start seeing check engine light come on, and the codes that you'll get when you bring it in and have us check it will indicate that the battery's starting to have some issues. Uh, I've almost never seen one just totally die from the hybrid battery. they, They give you probably several months' warning. That is on its way out. What is the mileage, and what is your? How long have you had that third Prius? Uh, it's, it's a it's a sixteen, and I've got about fifty thousand on it. Oh, it's a it's a baby yet. You're, you you got a lot it. of life left in that you're one. Under, you're under warranty, also. Your your the battery's under warranty. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank yeah, you it's for not the a good work. not a very old car at all. And uh, I just want to thank you uh, for all of the compliments. Uh, we work hard at uh, what we do, and uh, Earl as our leader has uh, done a remarkable job and uh, thank you so much and i'm proud to say that we've been on the air for gosh 20 years uh it seems like a lifetime but uh we have really bonded with a lot of our callers texters youtubers and we've helped a lot of people so it's a win-win situation i thank you for the call and uh, give uh, jeremy your information okay thank Thank you. you Okay, we're going to go to Eileen, who's calling us from Jensen Beach. She, too, is a first-time caller, and uh, today she's going to win $50, even though she's the fourth female caller. Good morning, Eileen. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, It seems to be Alexis Day. I'm calling from Jensen Beach, and if you're closer, I think... I'd be going down there, uh, which I might. Anyway, I have a 2007 Lexus 
sports coupe, 430, hardtop convertible. Um, great car. Hmm. The only thing is that the passenger side door, the the hinge creaked. I had estimates of a thousand dollars to replace that. Your thoughts, your comments. Uh, yeah, that's probably something you're going to want to have checked by a body shop. Uh, unfortunately, when those hinges start getting weak like that, that's that's just something they're going to have to get done. Uh, but for that Lexus, I would consider that a, a pretty small price, really. That's a beautiful car. Yeah. And there's not a lot of them on the road. For some reason, they really just didn't sell a whole lot of those. But to me, they oh, those are beautiful cars. Absolutely. The yeah. very few times that someone has brought one in and said, hey, I've got this weird issue. Can you take it out for a test drive for me? It's like, <laughs> oh, yes, I can. <laughs> so, they're Arlene, fun to drive. Arlene, I'd re I recommend that you get uh, probably at least three bids on that. And uh, I don't know if you deal with your Lexus dealer, but the Lexus dealers tend to charge top dollar because the Lexus clientele can afford it. So uh, I, uh, I think uh, I would check with um, uh, maybe a, even a Toyota dealer or an independent and get three bids on that, re on that cost of that replacement, and uh, that'll probably save you a lot of money. Okay, yeah, so, so it would be the hinge that would be, need to be replaced on the door. Is that what you're saying? You think yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Okay. All right. w worth it to put the money into this car? Yes, uh, my opinion. And your and your car, your car right now, you you would probably be amazed at what the value is. Uh, you can check. Uh, 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 well, I, I was going to say, I um, if Stu were here, he has his book out, he would be able to check it. But if you wanted to uh, uh, call call me after the show and get get me a description of the, the vehicle we could tell you what the current market value is but that particular car we're, we're very knowledgeable about that because we have the same car with toyota called the solara convertible and uh and those cars uh they didn't build enough of them the owners won't sell them they love them uh they were such a uh, high demand uh, good car that the value actually appreciated and uh so you're you're uh, your vehicle is definitely worth investing a few dollars in getting the hinges in your door fixed. And uh, that car will be with you for a long time as long as you want to keep it. And if you sell it, you'll make a, you'll make a profit on it. And whatever shop you go to to have that hinge done, I make sure to check them out. Make sure they've got good reviews and that you've, it's a good quality shop oh, yeah. that's doing it. Yeah, definitely. Eileen, it sounds like as if that you have really taken care of your vehicle. Um, I have to commend you on that. Like the uh, Solera, like Earl said, boy, what a beauty that was. And it sounds like your car is equal to that. And uh, gosh, do I miss that Solera. So it's definitely worth taking care of the hinges. But uh, as you've done before, do your homework. And uh, you'll be sure uh, to, uh, you know, keep your investment solid. All right. Thank you. And Eileen, stay on the line and give Jeremy your contact information. Uh, so he can pass it along to me, and I can uh, write you out a check for $50 this morning. And, and th thank you so much for promoting this for women to call in. Um, we really appreciate your cheerleading. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, spread the word and help us uh, build the platform here at Earl on Cars, and have a great weekend.
Thank you. I'll hold on. Okay, that uh, we got. We have one more call, and that is Jeff from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. We're great. Thank you for calling. Hi, I listen to you guys every Saturday, and I have a problem. I think Earl's a man for this. I bought a 22 Ram from Arigo, and currently it's been in the shop seven times, four times for the same problem. And I'm looking to do a lemon law. How does that work? Well, you have to um, you have to give the dealer Arigo uh, two chances to repair the car. The most important thing to remember about the lemon law is your communications with the dealer should be in writing because you want to be sure that there's no dispute when it goes to arbitration about what you did. So. Uh, you you need to you, you need to write the 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 de dealer a letter or send him an email, and specifically state the problem with your vehicle, and when it fails to repair, you, when he failed to repair it right, you need to do another written communication and say you did not uh, fix this correctly, and if you don't fix it this time, I'm going to invoke the lemon law. You have to be in writing with that to qualify for the lemon law. Uh, after that, uh, they will take it to arbitration. Now, now, the lemon law, by the way, is not against the dealer. The lemon law is against the manufacturer. So the manufacturer gets very much involved in this. Uh, there's one negative side about the lemon law. Once you say lemon law, once you invoke or even suggest that you will invoke the lemon law, they'll, they won't talk to you anymore. <laughs> The, the, the manufacturer and the dealer are advised by their legal counsel that when it comes to a legal case, everything has got to go by the book, the written law. Uh, if, if you have a friendly relationship with the dealer and you really think their intent is good to try to fix the car, uh, then you, you don't want to necessarily invoke the lemon law. But if, if you're into your rope and you just say they can't do it and they're not treating me right, then you have nothing to lose. Uh, the Better Business Bureau uh, is the uh, last I checked was the arbitrating uh, entity for the uh, Lemon Law, and they'll you'll go go in front of a board. Uh, you'll present your case. The uh, the manufacturer will present his case, maybe through the dealer, and they'll and they'll make a, de a decision. If they decide in your favor, then they will refund your money less the usage to your car. So if you've driven the car for one or two years, they have an estimated life for the car, so they deduct the time you did own the car and drive it from the reimbursement that you get. I actually, I have everything documented. I've been keeping receipts for everything. Great. And it was in this, I brought it in Monday morning. I picked it up yesterday morning, and the problem that they supposedly fixed was broken again by 3 o'clock. Well, that's, they, they violated, the, you're, you're qualified to, to pursue the lemon law now, so uh, you, can, you can use an attorney or you can do it yourself. Uh, uh, if, you, if, if you need any more information, you Google it. There's a lot of information. Every lemon law varies from state to state. Florida lemon law is different than other states. But we've got a pretty good lemon law here, and, and uh, it works. I mean, uh, I've seen it personally. I uh, Toyota builds a pretty good product, and that's what our dealership is, Toyota. But we have had uh, Toyotas that just weren't right, and uh, we would support the dealer on that and say, look, 
we had the factory technician come in. We had our technician come in. We can't fix it. And uh, sure enough, uh, the manufacturer bought the car back. Okay. So who am I dealing with at the dealership? I would deal with as high a, a entity as I could, ideally the owner, uh, uh, the general manager, uh, at least the general manager. Uh, this the, the, the person you're dealing with has to be high up because otherwise you're talking legality or you're talking lawyers. And I know at my dealership, if, if I have a legal issue, uh, I am always personally involved. And uh, you should have the owner or the general manager uh, communicating with him directly. I do appreciate it. Well, you can call us back, and if you have any issues or bumps in the road, just let us know. We'll be glad to advise you on that. And as I say, go to Google. Just Google Florida Lemon Law. They give you the specifics, and it's important that you go by the specifics because if, if the dealer gets a lawyer to fight this or the manufacturer gets a lawyer to fight this, uh, they can find a loophole. If you forgot to dot an I or cross a T, that's where they'll get you. Not on the not on the reality, the fact that they built a bad product, but they can get out of it because you didn't follow the letter of the law. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. For the Give call. us a call again. Um, I think that what we're going to do is check with Rick, and we're going to see. Uh, I bet you've got a, a whole lot of text to get to. We do have a lot of texts, uh, and one quick note from Donovan on this last caller. He says. The caller should Google Lemon Law Lawyer for Florida and let the lawyer step in and handle that. Yeah, I, said, uh, I, I didn't know. I should have thought uh, sometimes the uh, legal fees are paid, and I don't know if, if the legal fees are paid by the Lemon Law, which would be the manufacturer, then you should definitely have a lawyer. I, yeah, because I, I can tell you from the one case that I actually, where I had to get a lawyer involved, it made a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's start with Anne Marie's uh, right off the bat here. Good morning, Anne Marie. Says, Good morning. I was wondering about credit checks and their possible impact to credit ratings. I hope you can clarify things from a dealer's standpoint. Do car dealers run a credit check on every customer who walks through the door? I've heard that credit ratings get dinged every time someone runs a credit check on a customer is this true and lastly what does a dealer do if they see the customer's credit files are frozen people often freeze their credit to help minimize the chance of id theft they can unfreeze their credit if they want to get a loan thanks yeah that, that's true well you you unfreeze it that's what you would have to ask the customer to do that uh, as far as running credit checks uh, I'm not completely clear. I do know this, that if you're trying to buy a particular car uh, and you run multiple credit checks with different uh, dealers, uh, that is going to be uh, affect your credit to some extent. It isn't as bad as it sounds. Uh, I, I know that uh, customers have said to, to, my, to my people at my dealership, uh, don't run my credit because it, it can affect my overall credit. Uh, running your credit is not necessarily going to affect your negative credit. I wish I could be more specific on this. But if you, if you do it excessively, uh, then it, tr it, it signals the lenders 
that this person is having a hard time getting a loan, and that's the reason they're going around uh, asking for credit at various places. If, if that signal is sent out, it can negatively affect your credit. It's an indication you got a problem. But to, to do this in a uh, normal sense of uh, credit checks, if you went to three Ford dealers to buy the, uh, a Ford, and over a period of, uh, say, 30 days, those three credit checks would not negatively affect your credit. But if you did uh, a lot more than that, and you were looking for Chevrolets and Fords and Hondas and Toyotas, and you were just going nuts with credit checks, they say There's a, this, this uh, buyer has got a problem. They, they have to figure out if it's a, a legitimate person just trying to get a good price or a person with bad credit trying to have someone make a mistake. Mm. Okay, let's see this one from, oh, from Bob. Uh, good morning. The reason Congress wants to keep AM radio is probably due to so many political talk shows. Just saying, Bob. <laughs> there's, well, al there's always something like that behind <laughs> everything that goes through Congress. There, there also is an, another quite likely reason. Uh, AM radio is kind of a funny process. Amplitude modulation, which it stands for, can actually transmit extremely long distances without if you have areas without buildings in the way and that's one of the reasons that the government uses it for all of the uh, national broadcasts and alert to the people uh, the, their primary source is AM radio because it can transmit from one station hundreds of miles and even skipping af off the atmosphere yeah when my father was a little boy coast, literally. Uh, my, when my father was a little boy before they had radios if you can believe that. Uh, when they first got their radio, they would, uh, family would gather around the AM radio uh, in the middle of the night, right, you know, midnight, because there was no signals in the air. And he lived in Detroit, and they could listen to Chicago uh, with an AM radio. So, yeah. Yep. But with the uh, saturation we now have of signals, that doesn't happen so much anymore. Right. But the government still loves their AM radio, so I doubt it's going away anytime soon. Let's see. Uh, just says, morning. Question for Rick. Is my engine fried? Can twist the oil dipstick, but not withdraw it? I uh, can't say anything about the engine right now. Usually oil dipsticks have a little rubber O-ring at the top. And that rubber O-ring dries out. So when you're trying to pull it out, you're basically pulling on that rubber and it's an elastic grip that's holding on. That's why you can spin it a little bit. I, you may just have to kind of muscle it and just really pull on that thing to get it to pop loose. And then, of course, put some grease or oil on that O-ring and maybe even replace that O-ring, actually, to double-check and see if you've got oil in the engine still. Uh, first step I would do, make sure you've got oil in that engine. Okay. And this one from Jonathan in Wellington. How can a layperson tell the difference between a legitimate Monroney label and a fake one? That's hard. Uh, uh, the dealers are very clever. Uh, there are businesses that, that manufacture, I call them phony Monroney labels. And they go uh, quite a, the, the, the artwork, the fonts, the type style, the colors, they do everything to counterfeit 
uh, a Monroney label. So they will take a dealer-installed accessory or a dealer addendum label, and they will run it through the printing press that makes it look almost exactly like a Monroney label. Uh, uh, the Monroney label, uh, you really have to study carefully if it's a good copy. Now, a lot of them are so good, and they're pretty simple to understand, but uh, it, it is a shame that the federal government lets dealers get away with that. Yeah. And this one also from Jonathan, he says, this is Jonathan, I, I bought my 2023 Corolla at your dealership on Thursday. Uh, my fourth car purchased at your dealership. The entire experience was top-notch and painless. Marlene did an outstanding job. So you might want to find Marlene, give her a pat on the head, say Absolutely. thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I did my homework before I purchased Smart Maneuver, before I purchased the vehicle, and saved almost $4,000 by buying from Earl Stewart Toyota. This isn't an advertisement for you. I'm just telling it like it is. Thank you very much. That's pretty nice to hear. Uh, now, we also have a couple others. Uh, a little late on this one, but that's that's we just didn't see it last week, was Happy Mom's Day, Miss Nancy. That's from Roadrunner Steve. Oh, thank you, Roadrunner Steve. Thank you and very much. Let's see this other one here we have. Oh, there it is. Ah, this is from Jennifer from last week. She posted a video of that seat in her Jeep with it sinking down. And she says she took it less than 48 hours after she'd adjusted it to the highest setting and the seat had shrank down. And I still say that's a safety issue. Jennifer, if you're listening, you need to get to an, another Jeep dealer, yeah. show them that video, show them your proof, say, hey, this is a safety concern. Yeah, it's big time, yeah. And they need to address that and get that right. And this one in from an anonymous that simply says, Subaru is dog approved. <laughs> I love those Isn't commercials. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Well, my own personal feelings, I trust my, I've learned this, I trust my dog's instincts so much that if my dog doesn't like you, don't get too interested that I might like you because I trust my dog. It's not going to happen. And if my dog likes you, I'm going to like you yeah, for that. For sure. But if my dog don't like you, <laughs> you, you might want to kind of go somewhere else because I'm not going to like you. Okay. That guy's a little caught up on the texts and on YouTube so far. Okay. Getting pretty late here. Yeah, we're um, good. Um, I think we need to get to, uh, uh, did you want to talk for a second about the uh, uh, column, uh, or did you want to go straight to the... No, I'll, I'll, very quickly, on, on this blog that we're in Florida Weekly, uh, Hometown News, the blog, and we'll have it on Facebook, uh, the latest blog is Total Self-Driving Teslas, are not safe to drive anymore. Now, uh, a lot of you folks out there think I'm in love with Elon Musk. Uh, Nancy and I have a Tesla Plaid, and we've talked about autonomous, and every time we talk about it, and we've tried it, the, the autonomous has not been up to snuff. Elon Musk was just interviewed on CNBC, and on CNBC on Monday, he said that he thought the autonomous would be ready this year, and he personally had driven a car in San Francisco, heavy traffic in San Francisco compared to this area, uh, for three days without ever having to override the autonomous. 
So Nancy and I said, wow, and we just got a software download automatically into our Tesla plaid. So we hopped to the Tesla plaid and we drove it up to Stewart, Florida, about a 20 mile drive. And as we got up there, a car coming toward us in the other side of the divided highway put his turn signal on as if he were going to turn in and make a U-turn. Our Tesla plaid stopped in the passing lane of 50 mile an hour speed limit. We were very nearly rear-ended. I had to override the autonomous to get out of the way of the car that was going to hit me from behind. So I just want to go ahead and tell all you Tesla owners out there the autonomous is still not ready for prime time, and it is not safe. And if you do drive with the autonomous on, be ready to override it very quickly. Yeah, and anybody that uh, just listened to this story, uh, and you can uh, you can go ahead to Earl on Cars, and you can uh, take a look at the uh, column that Earl wrote. Total self-driving Teslas are not safe to drive today. Or uh, you can uh, go to uh, the uh, Hometown News, the Florida Weekly, and you can read the blog. Uh, now we are going to get to our mystery shopping report. And Agent Lightning took us to Mullinex Ford in Kissimmee, Florida. Now back to the recovering car dealer. If you listened to the show earlier, and uh, that was at the very beginning, we had a call from Bob, uh, in, I believe he was in West Palm Beach or Lake Park, maybe. Uh, he said that uh, he had a friend that used to work for Molnex who said that Molnex does have a dealer fee, but he hides it in the price of the car. And I, I conversed with him about that, that that's not really a dealer fee because you can put anything you want in the price of the car as long as you give it to the customer and allow the customer the privilege of shopping and comparing with other dealers. And I forgot to mention that it's real important, ladies and gentlemen, that you vote on uh, the mystery shop of Mullinex Ford, and you can do that at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, I'll be speaking in the first person is if I were Agent Lightning, who is our mystery shopper. I arrived mid-morning and was greeted immediately upon walking through the door. And again, this is Mullinex Ford in Kissimmee, Florida, near Orlando. A salesman, <coughs> the salesman asked if someone was expecting me, to which I responded, not that I'm aware of. I'm just uh, moving here. When he asked what I was looking for, uh, I shared that I was in the market for a new car. Jokingly asked if they carried any of those. He laughed, assuring me that they had quite a few and that I was in the right place. When I mentioned looking for a new car with good gas mileage and low cost, he suggested a Ford Escape. Asked if I was open to a certified used car. I shook my head, no. Uh, listening to a laugh from him as he said it was his job to ask. He suggested that we walk out to the lot where he had three or four Escapes. During our stroll, he inquired if I plan on trading anything in, which I replied, no. He replied, why? My response was simply, life change, which prompted an understanding nod from him and laughter from both of us. Now, all salespeople will ask you if you have a trade-in, and uh, it is very important to them. If you have a trade-in, then they have to think in terms of what uh, they might allow you for it. They have to think in terms of uh, what the trading difference would be. It's a real important factor. So um, I always believe in saying, I don't have a trade-in, even if I do have a trade-in, I recommend that. You can always say at the end of the negotiation or whatever, you say, I changed my mind. I believe I will trade my car in. But don't, don't let them know that you're trading a car in from the get-go. Okay, back to the report. 
Uh, he suggested that we walk out to the lot where he had three or four escapes, four escapes. During our stroll, he inquired if I planned on trading anything in. When I replied no, he questioned why. As I, I just did that. Uh, I told him that my brother had dropped me off and that I, I left my license at home. He asked me where my license was, prompting me to explain that I just relocated here due to a change in my life status. I think she was implying maybe a divorce and that my next job was the Department of Motor Vehicles for a new license. Although he hadn't yet shared his name, uh, the salesman, he suggested going back to handle my license online. Well, he's very accommodative. However, I expressed my wish to figure out my car situation first and then proceed to the Department of Motor Vehicles. He reluctantly agreed and led me to where the Ford Escapes were parked. He explained their policy of no dealer fee or hidden fees, meaning I could simply add a 7.5% sales tax to the window sticker price. Now, that is quite admirable, and I think it's, a, it's really amazing that the caller earlier uh, had been told that Mullinex was hiding his junk fees, hidden fees, dealer fees in the price of the car. By definition, a junk fee, hidden fee, is something that is not in the price of the car. That is the sin. The thing that's wrong about these fees is that you don't know they're part of the price of the car. They're part of the price of the car, but it's hidden from you, and it's also part of the profit to the dealer, which is hidden from you. But you can put anything you want in the price that you quote because that gives you, the buyer, the right to shop and compare. The hidden fees or junk fees take away your God-given right to shop and compare in a free market, and that's what you should have. After considering this for a moment, I expressed my desire to understand the potential monthly payment and the required down payment. He agreed to help and showed me the three different cars in stock. I selected one with an MSRP of $30,495, a new 2022. I put new in quotes because this is 2023, but yeah, 2022 is a new car if you haven't sold it and titled it. Um, for uh, front-wheel drive, or four-wheel, uh, yeah, front-wheel drive, which turned out to be a demo. Front-wheel drive? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was an all-wheel drive. Uh, he pointed out that it was a manager's special, meaning it hadn't been titled yet. Now, that's the legal definition of a used car, a new car, it hasn't been titled yet. In my mind, the car's been driven, and uh, it's a year old. Uh, to me, it's a used car, but legally, it's a new car. Only a manager uh, had driven it, adding some miles, and thereby qualifying for a slight discount, he said. He assured me it would come with all warranties, and I would be the first owner. This is true. Manufacturer allows you to add uh, to the 36,000 or 50,000 or whatever the manufacturer's warranty is if it has not been titled and driven by the dealership. Uh, seeing that it had over 2,400 miles, I sought reassurance about its new purchase status and warranty, which he affirmed. And this is accurate, by the way. Um, noticing a few nicks in the paint, I mentioned those to him. He said they could easily touch those up, so I agreed to proceed with a price. Uh, I'll digress a bit here, too. All these promises and all these agreements you have with that salesperson, always be sure they're in writing. And when he tells you something that makes you think twice, put it in writing on the worksheet or the vehicle buyer's order or just your own notepad and have him sign it. Verbal is a, a accident waiting to happen. He said, she said. 
anything the salesman promises you or tells you that you are not aware of, be sure he commits it to writing. Uh, once he inside, he asked me for information to put in the computer, promising to return shortly with a price. I interrupted to ask his name, finally, which he told me was Jack. Uh, Jack returned a few minutes later with a pricing sheet showing a top line of $29,999. That was a $496 discount from MSRP. They then added sales tax and an estimated, which was $474 for a tag in registration. And that was it. Now, that's, that's good, folks. That is good. You people are thinking about voting. There is no dealer fee. And the price that uh, he gave him is uh, the price that he paid out the door, plus tax and tag only. He said the pricing was pretty self-explanatory and simple, with no extra fees like some competitors. That's accurate. He showed me a packet encouraged me to read over it. When he asked if I had any questions, I voiced my concern about the high rates, interest rates, asked if there was any room for negotiation given the car's mileage. He shook his head, explaining that the percentage rate would adjust once they ran my credit. I agreed to this, saying I would work on my driver's license, sort it out, and then be in touch. And again, I digress to say you always want to get an interest rate from your bank or your credit union or, for that matter, any independent bank that is not affiliated with a dealer. You should never take the interest rate or the monthly payment ordered by a car dealer. They're usually quite high. I asked if his phone number was on the sheet, noticing that the salesperson listed was Jose, not Jack. I questioned this to be to which he responded he was indeed the, the listed salesperson. They all call him J-A-C, Jack, uh, because those are his initials. I digress again. Anytime you're talking to anybody in a car dealership, get their telephone number, their cell phone number, not the company number. You should have that. If they hesitate for a minute, say, well, you asked for my number and I gave you my cell number, then you should reciprocate, give me your cell number. The more numbers and the more numbers of managers and the higher up that manager is, the less likely you're going to have any arguments if there's a dispute over what the price is or what the promises were. Cell numbers of all the people you deal with. So there we have it, uh, a Monroney label only. Uh, I could show you what that looks like. And no addendum labels and no dealer fees. And uh, there we have it. It's time to vote on Mullinex Ford in Kissimmee, Florida. And again, I will say this about Mullinex. They pioneered the no dealer fee, and we had some Mullinex dealerships after they expanded and brought in outside partial owners that did charge dealer fees. I talked to the Mullinex family directly a few years ago about this, and they called the dealership that had the added the dealer fee, and they changed that. So Mullinex pioneered the no dealer fee, uh, the no hidden fee. And they were, Mullinex in Fort Lauderdale actually had this before I did. And uh, I've had my no dealer fee for about 20 years. Mullinex did that years before I did it. So there we are. Time for the votes. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And we grade on the curve, A, B, C, D, or F. If they get an F, they do not go on our recommended list. If they get anything but an F, they go on the recommended lift with their, with their letter score. So the curve, meaning we find very few perfect dealers. So uh, if, they, if they pass according to the average dealers that we talk to, then you give them a passing grade.
Okay. All righty. That's the mystery the shop from Mullinex Ford in Kissimmee, folks. Get your votes in 772-497-6530. Now back to Rick. Well, first one, Jonathan and Wellington. I like the fact that there are no junk fees. I'll give them a B. They might get an A if the interest rate is great. Okay. Uh, Bob from Maryland. B for Mullinax Ford. Upfront price, but should have been a bigger discount for 2,400 miles on the car. Wow, these guys are tough. Let's see what we got here. Alrighty, Joseph Kelleher. A, Negan one, A plus deal. Steve Ward, awesome observation, a very rare A. Tim Gilliland in Yuma, well that was boring. A, <laughs> give me five bucks. A, <laughs> Donovan. A, Johnny Z. Fraidley, a good shopping report equals A for me. Brian Sedlatko, finally a dealership that doesn't fee you to death. A. <laughs> Myself, I'm going to ding him a bit. I'm saying A minus because I think Jack messed up on one thing. He should have introduced himself properly at the beginning of his encounter with Agent Lightning, and he goofed a bit there. He should have given her his name, at least said, Hi, I'm Jack, and or I'm Jose, and explained his, they call him Jack. Okay. Other than that, there it is. Okay, folks, um, I'm going to uh, go with the 2,400 miles that was already on the vehicle. And for that, um, I, uh, I would have given them, you know, an A, but I'm giving them an A minus, but a fabulous report. Yeah, I, I just uh, really respect the Molnex dealerships and the family, and I'm going to give them an A. They, they don't come any better than Molnex Ford. Uh, they have several dealerships. Uh, unfortunately, the family doesn't own all of them completely. I think they have ownership in all of them, and I'm not sure whether it's majority or not. But I do know the family. I do know the dealerships. We shopped them before. If you're if you if you're in Florida and you're going to buy a Ford, you should find a Mullinex dealership. They will treat you right, and you should shop and compare. You always shop and compare price, even with a good dealer. An honest dealer gives you an honest price, but competition is your friend. So go to another dealer. See if they'll beat the out-the-door price. Absolutely. And I want to thank everyone for joining us this morning. What a fabulous show. What a fabulous uh, mystery shopping report and uh, breaking all the records with all the females, uh, the ladies that called. Uh, you know, I got to thank Amanda and Carol and Eileen and Amy and Sue. And, uh, well, I want to put out a, a special announcement. And uh, I just want to wish uh, Jenny, uh, who used to be part of the show 20 years ago uh what a special person she is it's her birthday so uh we all wish you a very happy birthday and gosh you talk about the icing on the cake that's jenny just a wonderful person she's have a fabulous she day jenny. she puts up with her husband who i hear is <laughs> not a very nice guy i didn't want to mention yeah. that <laughs> we're talking about jonathan just in case you guys are curious we were just joking we love jonathan have a fabulous day, Jenny. Thank you all for listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoy your company. We'll be right back here next week at the same time at 8 a.m. Have a wonderful weekend.